asteroid! Right ahead! Bang. Bang. R.I.P. Halcyon. That was a great run. Um, welcome, everybody, to TRB Live, baby! Yes, we are here live with you to talk about Star Wars. And we have a pretty cool show today. Uh, news has been pretty light. Uh, obviously, some news came out today that we are going to talk about regarding the Star Wars side of Disney parks. Um, but we are going to turn the show over to you if you're joining us live. So if you're interested uh, and you're in the comments and you're chatting away and you have a Star Wars question that's interesting, fun, whatever, uh, that you would like us to answer on this episode, just make sure you put hashtag ask the resistance in your comment with your question. So we know that you want that question used on the show and we'll, we're going to go through them and answer as many as we can uh, and have some fun talking Star Wars. And uh, with me as always, I'm John. With me is James and Lacey. Uh, how you guys doing? What's going on? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah. Excited to see what kind of questions we get tonight. Yes. So ask away. Yes. yes. Lacey, what are you doing? Uh, nothing. Just just enjoying the sounds of my daughter screaming in the next room. <laughs> so I apologize in advance if you can hear it, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk Star Wars with everybody. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I can't hear it, so hopefully nobody can hear it. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Mm-hmm. That's part of part of uh, real life. We have kids. We have, we have real lives, but we are here now in the base with everybody to talk Star Wars and have a good time. Uh, before I do that, I just want to remind everybody that this Tuesday... Someone in our Discord already wrote, is today the day? And I was like, no, no, no. This coming Tuesday, May 23rd, is Make Solo 2 Happen Day, which means we're going to hit all of our social media apps. And if you love Solo and you want to see them continue on the plan that they were originally planning on doing, which John Kazan revealed is something about the Hut Cartel and all the crime syndicates fighting each other and Han and Chewie being swept right up into the mix of that, working for Jabba? Then use the hashtag make solo to happen on Tuesday as many times as you want. It's free to post on social media as far as I know. So just tweet away, Instagram away, Facebook away. Use that hashtag. Let's keep our eyes on the prize. And that is a smiley young Han Solo face, ladies and gentlemen, because we don't want him to be (laughs) the same face every time. (laughs) You got to push down harder, John. You're holding it with your finger, so it's keeping it from turning. Oh, wait. Okay. Everyone on audio. Not one time. Oh. oh. Ah, <laughs> they didn't do it. No, they didn't make Solo 2 happen. trying to turn the face and was hitting his finger, which was keeping it from turning. So no, for, for audio people, it worked the first time. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I have the little Mighty Mugs, which can change the facial expression. And I tried <laughs> uh, actually less than 12 times. So in the spirit of Han Solo. Uh, we each have one. John has Han, James has Lando, and I have Kira. And my daughter took Kira from my office, and it's downstairs. And she brings it up to me, and she goes, wah, wah. and I have to press the face and go, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> every time it changes the face. So that's cute. It's quite a delightful. Um, I keep those those things as far away from my Daisy as possible because she will. <laughs> She'll, she'll end Make Solo 2 happen quickly. Uh, but, yeah, Tuesday's the day. We're going to have a good time. Uh, if you don't like Solo, then don't worry about it. You know, But if you do, 
We'll see you online. And uh, we're going to be retweeting as many tweets as possible. And if you have fan art, I know we have a bunch of artists in our community who are great at what they do. Uh, yeah. If you have just solo swag, solo figures, solo whatever, posters, shirts, make solo two happen shirts, whatever. Let's have some fun celebrating solo because let's not forget everyone involved with that movie is still telling us to keep going. I know there's some people saying like, give it up already. But people were saying save the Clone Wars for like seven years and it finally happened. And now here we are listening to Robert Doe who produced the movie and is a VP at ILM. We have the actors telling us that they would love to continue on. Lawrence Kasdan, the greatest screenwriter in the history of Star Wars, in my opinion, said the only thing he would come back for is to write for more Han Solo. So keep going and let's have a good day on Tuesday. Um, Now, before we get into Ask the Resistance, uh, hopefully the comments are coming in with some questions. Um, So I'm going to toss it out to you guys. You know, we saw the news uh, with Paul Sun Young Lee on the cover of it from at Star Wars officially announcing that the gallery series is returning on June 28th for Mandalorian season three, uh, which I think will be very interesting because I think there's a more than season one and two. I feel like this season has a lot of discussion around it and a lot of questions about how it was made and what went into it. So uh, I assume you both are pretty pumped about it, right? Lacey, you're, you're fired up about some. Uh, more oh, ga- I'm so excited. Gallery is, so- I've said this before. It's like some of my favorite content they put out because that's what I have. Pa- I'm passionate about is like that behind the scenes stuff. So anytime I get a chance to kind of take a step behind the camera and really hear about their process, especially the production and creative filmmaking, it's just like really great for me, especially because I find that some of the best episodes of these seasons have been those episodes. Cause you get to see the people that actually work on it and, and put all the work in. Um, and, and you see like how passionate they are and it makes you care about the product more. Um, yeah. And plus seeing oh, Paul as like the cover image was like so hype for me because mm-hmm. that guy deserves the world. Anything he wants, he should get it. And I hope he's getting his own show eventually. Fingers crossed. Um, but I was as soon as I saw it, I was like, they know what they're doing. They know because he's such a fan favorite at this part at this point mm-hmm. that everybody just wants to see him doing bigger, better things. And he looks very comfortable in that X-Wing. Who wouldn't? like let me take that home (laughs) that yeah yeah, it seems like it's his x-wing i almost feel like he's like got his like his uh pad that taxi drivers put in the back those oh yeah 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 like he's he's all got it uh customized to him no i i'm excited about the gallery i just i every time those come out i'm always like what were they thinking when they released like the first season with like (laughs) eight episodes you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, why was that different? Were they, were they expecting it to be like from then on, like they were going to go into all these different things and then they just didn't, they didn't pick up like they thought. So they're like, Oh, let's just condense them to one season two had two episodes. If I'm not mistaken, they did everything up till the final. And then they did a special one for the final. Um, and the then Mark one's one, right? one. had his own. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it depends on the subject because they had like one episode just on the volume. They had one episode on this. So it's like, once you do that, all that in season one, how different <laughs> is it going to be for season two? That, that's a good point. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of interesting. They did like a ton for that first season and then they did two for the second season. Now they're doing one for the third season. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. But I'm excited, obviously, like these things are always really cool to check out. 
Yeah, Michelle I, in the comments said something really cool. She said, I'm excited to see how they made that eyeball creature, the one that yeah. like kind of almost kills Mando. That mm. was a practical thing because the director had posted a picture of it like on the set. So I agree. Yeah, it's it's all rather interesting. I don't know how I would feel about I, I loved every part of the season one gallery series, but I do feel like it was a lot. And we did, I think, full Mando fan shows on each of them. Mm-hmm. Um, all, but, but at the same time, sort of like you're saying, like the, the one and done I felt was like, Oh, I want more. So I wonder if there's a happy medium in there somewhere where they can give us like maybe three episodes or, you know, something, but mm-hmm. it, if, if the content calls for it, um, so, if you know, a did, full episode on, you know, the Anzellans, I'm okay with it. And yeah. And, and, you know, with everything that's happening at Disney plus, you know, just today we, we hear that they're removing stuff. Willow's getting pulled off, sadly. Oh <laughs> um, even people at Lucasfilm or affiliated with Lucasfilm, like, so like Amy Ratcliffe, like tweeting, like, Oh my God, they're getting rid of Willow. You know, it's uh it's definitely a bummer. So our, our hearts go out to, you know, John Kasdan and the whole cast and crew. I, I feel like they got a raw deal with that. Um, so that's unfortunate. Keeps happening um, to him. <laughs> yeah and, and and it goes to show about the you know element of physical media you know let people buy this stuff if they want it let people speak with their wallets if they want beyond a streaming service and let's not forget when you buy physical media it usually comes with a digital copy that you can own on a hard drive so uh it's a it's a bummer the the fact that you know going forward how, whenever it's going to happen, I won't be able to watch, you know, any of the Willow series again, because I actually enjoyed it. I know a lot of, you know, there are people that didn't, but it's, uh, it's, it's unfortunate. So the Disney plus stuff is definitely on a little bit of rocky ground. So hopefully they can figure it out. And hopefully most of star Wars and Lucasfilm stuff make it through the clouds because on the flip side, on the good side, all the Indiana Jones stuff is coming to Disney plus at the end of this month. So that's really cool, especially for people who need to catch up who may not own indie or don't have Paramount plus uh, you get to watch all four movies in uh, prepare, uh, preparation for dial of destiny. And uh, they're bringing the um, Sean Patrick Flannery, Flannery series that George Lucas produced from the nineties uh, about young Indiana Jones, uh, which I think they're renaming. It was called the Indiana Jones, young Indiana Jones Chronicles before. And now it's the adventures of young Indiana Jones, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the it's the same old show, and if you haven't had a chance to check that out, I've always liked Sean Patrick Flannery. Uh, people might know him from a lot of things, but like Boondock Saints. Uh, um, uh, he was in some of the Saw sequels, and he's been in a ton of stuff. But he does a he does a pretty solid job uh, as a young indie, um, like River Phoenix did in Last Crusade. But so I think so, it's what just you got? Scary though with the physical yeah. media thing because. I'm someone that always buys physical media. I buy, I have multiple versions of multiple movies. Like I have the DVD, then I have the Blu-ray, then I have the 4K. And I remember, I forget who it was, but there was a director, I'm blanking right now, that said that like movie media right now, like Blu-ray 4K is never going to get any better than it is right now. And he had said that he goes around, he bought multiple Blu-ray and 4K players in his house that are like brand new in the box just to have and then buys multiple copies of movies so that no matter what happens, he has a copy because he saw where things were going with digital and where it was progressing. And he's like, I don't want to lose my access to these things. And we're seeing it happen with these companies. And the thing that's frustrating to me is with this Disney decision, as well as the Warner brothers decision is it's always coming down to money. 
is that they're taking these and they're cutting them and they're using them either they're cutting them based on like licensing or with Warner Brothers, it was a tax write off. And it's just so difficult to watch something that people put a lot of time and effort and creativity and and love into get pushed aside for money. And it's very frustrating. And as a fan, you just want to own it and watch it and like support those projects. And you can't. And mm. it's just scary that at any moment they could just decide, you know what? we're shutting down Disney plus and then everything's gone. Like they have that power to do that. And there's something that's a little scary, like on the edge of a cliff type feeling with yeah. it for me. Yeah. Cause I've, I've heard of a lot of people just getting rid of all their DVDs and stuff just for the sake of shelf space and you know, that sort of thing. I mean, I got rid of all my old VHSs when DVDs came around and I have boxes in my garage of all my DVDs. I don't, I haven't used them in a while, but I have them. Now, James, I know you're you're not a big on physical media anymore, but does stuff like this make you like say like, uh, I you know, maybe it still is important. No, <laughs> not not really at all. No. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I have I I guess I just have such a strange view on like art. Like I'm not really too big on trying so hard to hold on to this thing because it could be gone one day or whatever. I'm like, just enjoy new art. They're making new art all the time. So if, if something or if something becomes obsolete, I don't want to say that it's irrelevant, but it's like a piece of art can just, can just be let go or lost to time. I, I'm not, it's not that big of a deal. Like, honestly, like we, I talk a lot about how like some of these star Wars TV shows feel like I watch them and then I'm like, you know, I'll talk about them and diagnose them or not diagnose them, but uh, you know, break them down. But I hardly ever go back and watch those shows because there's just too much there. And I don't know how often I really go back and rewatch a lot of these movies and stuff. So if I wanted to watch a movie and it just wasn't available, I'd be like, okay, well, what else is available? And there's like, you know, billions of hours of other content that you can get into. Um, it, it, I guess the only time it's a bummer is when like, like, I don't know, like you need something or you want something, you're trying to show somebody something and, and you don't have access to it, you know, but I still find that most of the time, like you could buy it or you could get it somehow. It's just not always like free because you're not currently subscribed to said service or something, but you could, you could, if you wanted to get it. I just I don't understand why the option isn't there for people. Yeah. And I think there's also a bigger issue here. And I know this came up a couple months ago with Matt Damon, where he talks about like now, because the physical aspect has been removed from a lot of movies and TV shows, it's hurting the chances from some projects even being made because they can't deliver on the box office or the streaming numbers that they're looking for. Whereas before, if you put out a movie or something, especially a movie into the movie theater and say it didn't deliver on box office, that wouldn't be a problem because then it would deliver on home box office. So there is right. kind of an element of business there. Um, that's still, I, that also still goes back to like how they count all this stuff though. So like, say they were to take one of those movies and put it on Netflix. If a bunch of people watch that on Netflix, then Netflix should pay out for that based on how many people are watching it instead of how they currently do it, which is like a small fee. Right. And that's what the, people, the writer's strike is about. The writer's yes. strike and everything. It's like, if they could sort that stuff out, then it's not about physical media. It's about like how often 
people are actually interested in a product and you know whatever. i think these are two different issues that are being melded together the writer's issue is completely different than the box office issue the box office is talking about like projects actually being made but i think in general like right. the idea of like media ending so like laser disc or vhs when blu-ray came out or dvd came out dead media is different i think the actual piece of art the film the show whatever that is should live on despite what the physical media that it's played on is and i think that's the problem i'm having is that just because it's on netflix or it's on disney plus it doesn't mean you shouldn't have access to those things to buy or rent or borrow from the library i just feel like it's a racing history when you decide hey i'm just going to remove this yeah and, that, and also don't forget about the fact that they've done it already they they can make edits to this content whenever they want and they already have yeah well i just said that they, they've yeah, yeah. done it already and it's i'm not saying all the edits are bad but sometimes they change things you know based on uh social climate and all this stuff and right so one just, of the big uh, things they did for netflix was 13 reasons why they edited out the big kind of death scene of the main character which is the driving they? force behind the whole series yeah. because people were uncomfortable but the whole point of the show was to show that so that people knew the ramifications of said death they just removed it from the show so it doesn't art, exist anymore yeah art isn't designed to be smothered if someone finds it uncomfortable some right. art is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. And so that was I the point like, of this, is it supposed to, yeah. I feel like art is legitimately under attack. And I know that is definitely part of the writer's strike. And we, we can go down tangents about AI, and we're not going to mm. do that right now. But it's, it's, it's a very uncertain time right now. Um, I would just sure. like the option to go to Best Buy or Amazon and buy The Mandalorian on Blu-ray if I would like to. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And George, um, George, <coughs> George's whole thing too was kind of interesting as well. Like he put out, he put out a piece of content and then he like changed it and he like, he pulled it back and said, Oh, this is my content. I want to change it. And then I want to put sure. something else out. And it's like, I think there's this, this argument to be made about like, well, there should be two versions or there should be this or whatever, because people take ownership over pieces of art. Like they're like, that belongs to me. And it's still like, I don't know, like, I'm still kind of like if, if, you know, if I draw a picture and I post it online, like I have the right to also delete that picture, like, because I own it or it's my thing. And I think sometimes like these big companies and stuff, like they're not thinking of it as like this thing that is owned by fans. They're just thinking of it as uh, a piece of content that they're using to make money. They spent this much money. They put it out there. They made some money. Now it's getting some weird backlash or something. So ah, let's just pull it. You know what I mean? But it's like, now it's now it's gone and nobody can ever get it. But from their point of view, it's like, so what? We don't care. We're gonna. We're just. I mean, it's yeah. Just but that's wrong. Thing. That whole argument is thing. just wrong. It's yeah. like taking books away. It's like banning books. It's the same exact thing. It's just you're talking or about editing books. editing books well, from authors but, but, who died centuries ago. Yeah. But this is um, well, yeah. But this isn't that. That isn't the same thing because they are the people who created it. Right, but also with George Lucas, at least. Uh, you know, you can pop in your THX VHS. You can pop in your, you know, your original DVDs of the Phantom Menace before they changed Puppet Yoda to CG Yoda. He made right. his changes, but people still had their versions if they wanted to watch them. This, if it's just on streaming and they make changes to it, that's it. 
mm-hmm. you know so it's it, there's a finality to that on their end uh that you don't get to have any control over as a fan um so that's it's definitely a debate um but let's get into some questions i know you know we can kick things off with a super chat and i see a bunch of other questions already uh using the hashtag so uh, let's get after it all right so we're going to kick it off with a super chat from Mickey Bell. Hey, Mickey, how's it going? Thanks, Love buddy. your picture. He says, hey, guys, it's past midnight here for me, which means it's May 19th and Revenge of the Sith turns 18. What are your favorite memories of seeing it for the first time back in 2005? Love you guys. We love you too, Mickey. James, what's your... Uh, I believe this is the one you saw with your brother, right? That you were like, this is the last time Star Wars is going to be in the theater. Do I look like Mickey? Yeah, <laughs> you do. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's, this is like one of the memories that I have of going to a Star Wars movie beyond like the new Disney era. Um, if not the only really one, um, yeah, it was one of those things. It was like, it was really cause like 11 PM or something, 11, 15. I mean, we, we, we would just barely make it. And I was like, yes, yeah, Star Wars comes out tonight. And he, he's like, what? And, you know, I told him the whole thing about like how it's the last one and stuff. And I said, you know what? Technically, this is the last time you will ever be able to go to a Star Wars movie ever. at the midnight premiere and whatever, because <laughs> this is the last one. It's done. And so we went we went and we did it. And I remember being really close to the screen and I remember being really tired. But that's how I saw Revenge of the Sith. Um, and I'm glad that I did. Yeah, that's a cool story. Yeah, I remember John? you telling us that story. Um, it's also the 24th anniversary of The Phantom Menace tomorrow. So both Revenge of the Sith and Phantom Menace came out May 19th. Um, but for Revenge of the Sith, my memories of seeing it, I just remember watching the movie and the entire movie, and I know I've said this before, but um, sort of like the joke that came after in Hot Tub Time Machine. I, I was waiting for Anakin to like lose more limbs or get burned or to, like do something throughout the movie because there were a lot of like close calls for him in throughout that movie, especially like when the elevator is falling and he's hanging on the ledge and like there's all these things that you're like, oh my God, is something bad going to happen to Anakin here? You know the other shoe is going to fall at some point because he has to turn it to Darth Vader, but you weren't sure how it was going to happen. Would it be a you know, slow. So I remember just being so anxious about how they were going to do it with Anakin in terms of his transformation and his turn and why, how he would need the suit and all that stuff. I remember that being my main focus. And then, um, I really liked the lightsaber fights leading up to the last one. I didn't love the last one as much. Um, I, I felt like it needed more dialogue, um, but I remember liking uh, a bunch of the other stuff done throughout the movie. And I love General Grievous too. Um, I remember that. I'm going to be honest. I don't really remember seeing Revenge of the Sith in the theater. I don't know if I did, but I remember seeing Phantom Menace and I remember loving it, but being confused on where it was because I was younger, like in the timeline of things, like what's going on. I was waiting for Luke Skywalker to show up and he did not. Um <laughs> Revenge of the Sith, I just remember being very depressed by it. <laughs> like very, very sad because you know it was coming and you knew how sad it was going to be. But Ewan McGregor just puts on such a good like monologue right there at the end. Like, you were my brother, Anakin. It was just so sad. And then to watch all that happen is kind of traumatic. <laughs> um, but looking back on it now, it's it's so important to his story and what 
transpires afterwards that, you know, I understand why it's a lot of people's favorite or it meant so much to them. But for me, I will take dancing teddy bears on Endor over charred people screaming, I hate you. <laughs> like, it's a lot for me. Um, but thanks for the question, Mickey, and the super chat means a lot. Thank you. Um, okay, our next question was from bruno hey bruno i believe bruno's in brazil if i remember so if you're watching from there that's awesome thanks so much he says wow. hey guys is it possible to see kira in another show like andor so i'm gonna start with you john john what do you think uh i don't think andor i don't think she would fit there uh just thinking about you know tony gilroy and that story he's trying to tell um Empress ness would be different because it's clearly rebellion focused, but getting a crime syndicate in the mix there with Crimson Dawn doesn't seem to fit the already chaotic cluster uh, cast that they have of characters. There's a lot of uh, arcs that they have to complete, um, a lot of people they need to kill, uh, a lot of stuff they have to do to get Cassian to the Ring of Kafreen. So I don't think Andor would work for her. Um, I could definitely, you know, if Amelia Clark's in, I could totally see them wanting to work with her. She's uh, a great actress and she seemed to have had a blast when she did Solo. I'm sure there were plans for her to continue on. Clearly, if you watch the end of the movie and hear what John Kasdan is talking about with the syndicates. Um, so I think if they do bring her back, it would be for a solo follow up with these syndicates. I don't know about anything else beyond that because they did touch on where she's at with the comics, uh, the War of the Bounty Hunters and all that. Um, so I'm sticking with it. It would have to be a solo follow-up for it to make the most sense to me. Thanks, Bruno, for the question. James? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I th I think I agree with everything that John's saying there. There's another one, too, that would have been interesting and it, and it would have it probably would have felt a little bit more like a shoe, shoehorn. But the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, or if they continue that, that's at the exact same time as Solo. So if they did do a second season of Obi-Wan and you weren't focused on the Vader aspect of it, you could be uh, looking at like a small crime syndicate or something like that. And right. somehow more or another, trouble you, in the galaxy, yeah. more trouble in the galaxy. And you could have, even if it was about like somebody else, like say it was about the huts or whatever, you could have a scene where Kira pops in on a hologram and says like, don't let them, you know, do this, take, take out these guys or something. And you could kind of connect that a little bit. Um, even if, I, I mean, I don't know exactly. They say 10 years. I don't know if it's happening at the exact same time if Obi-Wan technically happens before Solo happens. I'm not really I sure where it falls there. Solo. You think it is after Solo? Yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, I think maybe somewhere in there could have been cool. Um, but again, like, I think you would have been pushing it on the actual Kenobi release. Let me take a look. <laughs> yeah. I think we'll Solo wasn't, wasn't Solo like 11 years after Revenge of the Sith. So that no, would I think put... it take place in the exact same year. Solo is 10 years before A New Hope. Mm -hmm. 10 and years before Battle of Yevon. And Kenobi takes place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. Oh. Luke is 19. So Obi-Wan takes place nine years before uh, Battle of Yevon. So in other words, long story short, Obi-Wan takes place one year after Solo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So then it does check out then. Because yeah. then you could have Kira being with the syndicates. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, you, could, yeah. you could definitely have, you know, Kenobi show up at the huts or something and try to s stop some, like, something going on. And then mm -hmm. she could I mean, be there and turn around and be like, I've heard so much about you. you know, <laughs> what would be more Kenobi George Lucas 
than Obi-Wan meeting a young Han Solo and then like nine years later being like, uh, we got this pilot guy. He's going to take us to Alderaan. And he's like, my name's Han Solo. He's like, all right. <laughs> or what? what is the line that he like didn't lie to Luke? He's like, from a certain point of view. He's like, well, uh, the I did ultimate, know him from a certain yeah, point of the, view. The ultimate continuity blocker is a Jedi saying from a certain point of view. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Bruno, thanks so much. He also replied with love you. Love your show, guys. We love you too, Bruno. Thanks, Awesome man. question. Really, really good question. All right, let's get into the next question, which would be from Kenneth. What up, Kenneth? He said, have you guys been up to date with the canon Star Wars books, comics, and video games? I'm going to be honest, no. The most up-to-date thing I have is Star Wars timelines. <laughs> yeah. I'll let, I I'll let John and James chime in. I don't, I don't read the canon books. Um, I... And not because they're not good. I just, I've never been good at reading Star Wars fiction or canon. It's just, it doesn't hold my attention. Um, when I read Star Wars books, usually it's a reference book. Um, mm -hmm. And for for reading, I'm usually a nonfiction reader. Uh, sometimes I'll read a mystery, but I, I can't read Star Wars for some reason. It just never works for me. Um, and video games, I, I'm, I'm still, I still got to find time to start Jedi Fallen Order. Yes, I said Fallen Order. <laughs> Uh, so not for I me. Started, I started, it was too you. hard. It was too hard. I couldn't do the jump things where you like climb up one thing and then you have to jump to the next thing. And then I, I did would just, like, I gave up. I played a bunch of the Lego, Lego. Star Wars, uh, yeah. Skywalker saga. I, I, I played fun. a bunch of that and even I let my son play around with it. it and that's really fun. Um, but I try to keep up with Canon just from watching the story modes and that sort of stuff. So I know like what happens in Fallen Order. I just didn't play it. So I don't know if that answers that question, Kenny. But James, I know, you know, you read more of the books than we do. Mm -hmm. uh, but you don't play the video games though, right? So uh, funny enough, I would say that I'm probably the most up to date with the video games. Um, because the comic books, I kind of stopped with um, and just kind of loosely follow what's going on there. Um, with the books, I'm sort of up to date. And actually... Um, the Jedi Battle Scars book came out. I finished that. And there's going to be a video up on the channel on Sunday um, where I talk about what happened in the book. So if you haven't read the book, I'll give you like the basic story and kind of talk a little bit about how it connects from Fallen Order to Survivor because it's the the middle uh, story between the, the games. Um, and then that connects to the game. So because of that, I also sort of started Survivor, not playing it, but watching the gameplay of it. Um, and obviously I'm not very far on that, maybe like two hours in or something like that out of like, I don't, who knows how long that game is, probably 18 <laughs> hours or something. Um, so I'm barely, barely in that, but I'm enough to know like kind of how the game starts because I needed to connect it to Battle Scars. So, um, so yeah, look for that on Sunday and that's currently where I'm at. Awesome. Great answer. Thanks. Smith. Next up is Mumbo Jimbo. Oh, I Love like that, that name. name. Yeah, great <laughs> name. He says, ask the resistance. Will Ahsoka Mando 4 be the Filoni movie as Empire Strikes Back is to the return of the Jedi? So I guess or he's asking, do you guys think this next Filoni movie, which is the big culmination movie, will it be more probably darker than the other movies? Because everyone's uh, thinking it's an heir of the heir to the Empire movie, right? Right. Yeah. So is Jimbo saying, will the Ahsoka series and the season four of Mando 
be like Empire and Filoni's movie be like Return of the Jedi? Is that what? Oh, is that what he's saying? I think I totally misunderstood. I think it's like one of those SAT analogy things. I did terrible on the SATs, like really (laughs) bad. I will never openly publicly admit what I got, but I'm not dumb. I guess I'm just a bad test taker. Can I guess? Sure. I I did it at 2400. Oh, I don't do that stuff. I was yeah. I still- mine was mine was the first year they tw- switched to twenty four hundred. So when I told my husband my score, he was like, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" And I was like, "Is that twenty four hundred? And he was like, uh, "Oh no, that is not amazing." <laughs> <laughs> it was prom night that they made me take it. I did take it the morning of prom. Like I wasn't even considering. I thought I wasn't going to get into school. It was this big thing, and my dad worked at the school, and he was like, "You're going to be fine." It's a benefit of mine that you go to the schools. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh is to honey as Ninja Turtles are to pizza. See, that's it. That's all you got to do. This just in live. <laughs> Jeff Snyder says heir to the empire is not the title of Filoni's movie. <laughs> Who thought that that would be the title of that movie? It was, it was running all the past week. People were saying oh, that. That's why I, I said mean, people have been saying this, but thank you, Jeff. Guys, Snyder. What up, yeah. Jeff? What up, John Roca? How's it going? I mean, guys? you're not watching this, but maybe. How does how could how could anyone logically think that that would be the title of the Star Wars movie? Because Filoni had hinted well, at that title well, when why? he was at Celebration. He had mentioned yeah. that specific title. Well, it's in the Ahsoka trailer too, and it's it's. Right. I dude, I don't I don't know why you're so like that's the craziest stupidest. It is. I think people are just why? jumping to conclusions. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I don't think anybody's saying like it has people to be think, that or else. But it's people like, think the EU is some holy grail. I, I understand that people like it, and I I, re- I respect that. But I don't. Lucasfilm I is not taking this stuff. Like they're not. Yeah, but they're not without like creative juices. To the Dave Filoni, the heir to Star Wars from George Lucas, is like. I can't think of a freaking thing to call this movie. I'm just ripping the title off of this 30-year-old book, and, and I'm just going to do that. I mean, I think it's the on. Timothy Zahn thing. I think that's a piece of it. Like, he's honoring Timothy Zahn while also uh, being creative, while also yeah, honoring George. I feel like George. he's sort of bringing that story to life to the big And connecting those fans it. to the Disney era of Star Wars. I think yeah, that's when I, how I see it. When I heard anyone, I heard a tweet about something. Someone said, like, this is the new scoop. And I'm glad I don't have to deal with like newsroom stuff anymore. But it's like the minute I saw that, I was like, that's a hundred percent false. It's just like, there's no chance that they would do that. (laughs) Zero. I want to go back and read a bunch of the EU stuff and do like reviews of what my thoughts are on the EU stuff. Cause I read it like when I was like very little. So I don't remember like you. Cause they get hit by a moon or something. Yeah. A moon falls on him. A moon. That's pretty epic. If you're going to kill him, kill him with a moon. And he also has a buzz cut and like a thing over his eye because he becomes like a like a like a bounty hunter. I mean, I I don't yeah, know what the story funny. is, but I I have in my mind that it's not as stupid as people say it is. Because I'm not saying I'm like, it's stupid. He's like walking down the street. Oh no! Look, a moon and it crushes. Everyone's saying spoilers, like John, that. in the comments. I don't spoilers. care. Spoilers, I don't care. John. Yeah, he got killed by a moon. Chewie got killed by a moon. It happened 500 th- years ago. 
I feel uh, like it was probably something like he stayed on the planet and and let you know he knew his doom or he was old. To, I don't was you know what Bruce Willis in Armageddon. He just shows. No, when, it, no like I'm saying like Saw Gerrera. Like Saw Gerrera chose to stay there. He could have left probably, but he I need was to be clear. Maybe old or I don't. I don't know what the story people was. People I'm just saying. I'm not smiting the EU. I understand people <laughs> you love are that a little stuff. Bit. <laughs> well, hear me out. Hear me out. I know it was the only Star Wars because Star Wars was done in 1983. And then Timothy Zahn, all these books come out. People are like, oh, we got more Star Wars. George Lucas lets them license it so we can make more money, so we can make more independent films that nobody would see uh, to, to his admission. And But he never considered that stuff canon. The only thing that bothers me about the EU is that those people think, who love it so much, who think it was canon, it was never canon, ever. It was never part of George Lucas's canon. So Disney didn't wipe it from canon. It never was canon. That's all I wanted to like make clear. I think it's great that people love it. I do. But don't attack current Star Wars using that stuff as though that was canon and Disney like erased it. It wasn't. It was licensed out stories that George Lucas has been clear on record saying are not part of his story. So uh, that that that's all. That's all. But does but does George Lucas also think that the Disney stuff is his canon? It uh, probably not, but it doesn't matter because he yeah. sold it. Yeah. yeah. So my thought on it, just really quick, is <laughs> that even is this the question I don't for thing. Mumbo Mumbo Jimbo, don't worry, we're getting there. We're we're gonna we're we're coming back around. My thought on the EU is is that it was during a period when no one was getting any Star Wars. So they were taking these stories and kind of creating their own headcanon and thinking that these are their characters and kind of living through these characters during a time when there was nothing. And I know for myself that there is something to be said about the media type of a book. It's a very personal experience when you're reading a book. Um, and you take ownership in a way that's really probably more passionate than any other way because when you're reading a book you picture the characters how you picture them you hear their names how you hear them you picture things differently so when those things get translated to film or to tv like when the hunger games was getting turned into movies like i was so picky about certain things and when you know harry potter got moved from book to movie like i was like hermione's dress is not the right color like it was just like very <laughs> personal. Yeah, but if experience. you just watch the movie, it's like that's that's yeah. the character. That's Lace perfectly. Stupid. I was exactly like, it. Harry's yeah. hair is different in every movie. That's not possible. His magic hair grows back after. But nobody cares. Nobody cares about that. So I get that. I get John's perspective of like, hey, why are you being so passionate about this? But I also get the understanding of like, these are their stories, and I think it's coming from a place, John, of like people being excited, but not demanding that it should be that. But that's where the assumption came of this is what their plan is. Yeah, I'm not talking about people who own every EU book and they read them <laughs> and reread them and they love them. I'm talking about the people who think Disney magically erased something that was a part of George Lucas's canon that literally was not true. So that's the there's nuance to this. There's pockets of fans. It's not all or nothing. You know, I'm not a Sith. I don't deal in absolutes. I just don't like when people constantly bash this stuff and they're like, this well, the EU was so way better. And it's like, didn't they have like a bigger, but Luke to them it is you and his name, but, but I know, is. but don't you, like attack this stuff because you like that stuff. You can say, I like that better without crapping on the stuff that's coming out now. 
That's I agree. And I'm someone that is very much against that. Like you have to say something so great by kicking something down, but at the same time, people try to compare one-to-one, like what they think is. I'm still a little bit confused though. Cause we're just talking about people that said they thought the name of this movie would be heir to the empire. (laughs) He went down a different route. I don't think it's. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I just, I'm like, that just, it it blows my mind. That someone thinks Dave Filoni would take a name from an old EU book and say, that's the name of my movie. The, the amount of it's problem sort of that would cause... I don't think it's that weird. Oh, yeah, it's, it's sort of very the weird. old EU book. Like, if there's one thing from that's Legends that why was, it's like, weirder. the top of it's the thing... even weirder. That's even weirder. And your, your job right now is to bring those characters into the current canon and go down that line, and, that, and that's, like, the trilogy. They're already you in know? current canon. I know, but you, it's you've like the been the person that's made been making fans. that happen for because of those stories. I just I don't think it, I I get where you're coming from. I just I don't think it's as crazy as you're Dave saying. Dave finally gets to make a Star Wars live action movie, and he's gonna just rip a name off of a a thirty year old book. Yeah, but also maybe think he's of a this. Fan of it. Yeah, maybe he's the, maybe he's like, dude. I'm going to add these characters in because I'm the biggest Heir to the Empire fan. And I get to make the movie? I get to make the Heir to the Empire movie? Call me crazy then. I thought that was one of the dumbest things I've ever heard, (laughs) that people thought that that would be the name of his movie. The minute I saw it, I was like, 100% false. There's no way people actually believe that. So (laughs) the past few weeks have been rough for John with movie talk. (laughs) He's like Ben Solo cannot be mentioned, and then he's like, "This movie can." I never be said that. Uh, don't joking. start that because then now you're going to get people clipping this out. I never said Ben no. Solo cannot be mentioned. I said that he's dead. <laughs> oh, and he is. He dis- He literally disappeared on screen. He's go- dead. Leia waited for him to die, and then she disappeared. Why are people confused about that? <laughs> he's you dead. Ray's movie is going to be called the heir to the empire and the heir is going to be ben solo when he comes back from the world between war my world. face will melt like <laughs> taut and freaking raiders of the lost ark and i'll be sitting in the theater like it's happening and john's oh, just gonna God. be like i gotta go rest in peace star wars it'll be fonzie jumping over that shark with the, with the right. water skis so uh, where are we at with Mumbo this question Jimbo. i don't my think under- no, my understanding was think, the first no. Thing that Lacey thought was is Ahsoka and Mando four sort of the the saddened setup for the happier. Floney I said movie. it backwards, James. What you just said is right. I had oh, it backwards. Okay. I, I said, "Oh, more... is this the Revenge of the or Return of the Jedi?" To us, like I said it backwards. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 I'll let you guys talk first. Go ahead. I- I'll just quickly say I think there, I don't think Mando four. <laughs> I think whatever this movie is. All those shows are going to be done with the show versions heading into that movie. I don't think Mando's ending at season four. So I'm going to say a quick no. I think there's going to be a Mando season five at least. Which supposedly uh, maybe... it's delayed. Yeah, I know. And, but but I, I also think we're on, we're getting more than one season of Ahsoka too. So I think Filoni's movie is a bit down the line. So my quick answer, Mumbo Jimbo, and, and thank you for allowing us to have fun with these rants because it is all in fun at the end of the day. <laughs> it's a lot of Mumbo uh, Jumbo from us tonight, Mumbo Jumbo. I think, yeah. I do think that there's going to be more from both of those shows before uh, Filoni's movie. Yeah. Mm. And my answer is, I don't think that they would, I think they still are going to think of them as two entities and not like uh, 90% of the story. And then that movie is the last 10%. They're going to think of them as 
there's the Mandalorian show and the Mand- and and the Ahsoka show and those are going to end the way that they end they're not necessarily going to end as setups to the movie I don't think I think they would keep them sort of in their parentheses if you will you know like that's that thing um and then uh j- just the same as Marvel does you know like you have uh character stories captain america movies thor movies and stuff and they they live in that world but then when they do get together it's not like their movies were complete setups they they left on a cliffhanger just for the next movie it's more like those movies have their endings and they have their purposes inside of their own bubbles and i think that's the, sh- the case with these television shows that special thing that dave does at the end with the movie is going to just be its own thing that involves those characters and probably doesn't have i mean it will all lead to thrawn or whatever but i don't think it's like totally set up just for that mm-hmm. maybe i don't maybe i'm wrong i don't know john oh you already gave your answer yeah that was, yeah that's all i got answer um i i honestly am kind of waiting to see how ahsoka goes before i jump to my conclusions about where the series is going because mando season three went in a direction that i didn't even assume it was gonna go like i thought we were gonna be in a very different spot at the end of this season than we ended up at um so I'm like super hyped for Ahsoka because the trailer looks epic and it looks like a lot of big lightsaber battles, which I'm all about. Um, so I'm interested yeah. to see what happens. But Mumbo Jimbo, let us know what you think. I'm excited to hear. Thanks for the question. Your thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Next up is a super chat from Brad. Thank you, Brad. First, he did this, which was by accident, which is his first super chat. So thank you, Brad. We thank really you, appreciate Brad. it. He then said this. He said, so stoked I get to be here live, working and parenting. Ray just turned two. Oh, your daughter's name is Ray? Very cool. I love that. (laughs) Living on the West Coast usually prevents me from being here, but here I am. Woohoo, TRB fan. What up? So he just said, what up? John, what up? Thank you so much, Brad. What up, dude? What up? What up, Ray? What up, West Coast? Gold Coast? James, what up? Uh, nothing much, man. Brad, Brad, nothing much. I feel like, you know, uh, talking Star Wars, Kendall Roy in succession. Yo, dude, what up? What's up <laughs> I have no dude? idea. Let's what steal the deal. Let's make the deal. Let's make the deal. But, Brad, I have to say, deal? nothing much here. However, I am still reeling from the Star Cruiser announcement today, which we haven't oh. really talked about, which. I am not going to lie. When I first saw the announcement on Twitter, I was like, this has to be fake. And I had to like triple check it. (laughs) And then I immediately sent it to to these two guys in our discord with like caps. Oh my God. With like 50 G's being like, what? I couldn't believe it. I I honestly thought they would probably do more of a discount. I know they've, we're already doing a 30% discount, I think for vacation club members and cast members. So I was just like, why not make that discount open to everybody? But I guess they're doing an all or nothing type thing. But man, I, I'm not going to lie. I've watched a lot of footage, especially from like people like Ordinary Adventures that really do a good job on showing you what the experience is like. And we Great. were having conversations or I was having conversation with myself kind of mm-hmm. uh, convincing myself like, hey, maybe we should do this next year. Like maybe on May the 4th was, I think, something I had thrown out weeks ago being like, hey, maybe we should do this next year. This could be something cool. It is expensive. Look, I'm not going to defend that price tag at all because a lot of content creators that got to go to the preview went for free. So when I read their articles and I read their reviews, I was like, 
it's hard to take it at at face value because they got to do this for free. Um, it's just a different experience and you're not going to be honest or bash it when you're going for free. And I don't think I saw anybody being honest except saying, hey, I wouldn't pay for this, but they didn't say anything else about it. Um, whereas someone like Ordinary Adventures, they've gone multiple times and they paid for the experience twice. So I take it at a different mm-hmm. level because I'm like, oh, they've put their money forward to experience this. Um, I myself... Who have paid full price and were like, I'm going again. Absolutely. Right. And... I, my own friends have gone like DJ Elliot went with his wife, Mm -hmm. Lindsay, and he loved it and said it was the best thing. He said the one thing he critiqued it was like, Hey, they have to do adult only cruises because the kids kind of get a little distracting. He's like, so it'd be nice if they did adult only ones. That being said, like I looked at it as a really cool opportunity for someone that really wanted to be immersed into the story. And I, part of me is like sad that I'm never going to get to even have the chance to experience it because the price tag is just not something I can rationalize, especially having a kid. Uh, and it's tough, you know, like how are you supposed to do this with, you know, I'm not living in Florida. So you have to pay for the travel there and you have to, you know, take off time from work and do all these things. And like, I'm happy for people that have that opportunity to go do it. But I find that for me, it wasn't an easy sell and or convince <laughs> to be like, yes, I'm going to go drop six grand to go do this. Because regardless of whether you went with two people or four people and split it, which often people argued for, like, oh, you should just split it. It still ended up being like twelve to $1,700 a person to go on this. And that's like a whole Disney for, vacation. For two days. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like the last day you get continental breakfast or something. So you get like a cup of Fruit Loops and like a piece of cantaloupe. No. It's just like... I, 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 I look, you go back to the episode when we talked about this thing, when the prices came out, I annihilated this thing. Cause I was really upset. Um, I even might've been, I don't know if I was out of work at the time, but like, you know, just, I applied it to my real life. I applied it to people I know who love star Wars, who would love an opportunity to, to check that thing out. They way overpriced that thing. And it's not up for debate anymore. It's ending because people couldn't afford it. So it's just factually proven that they outpriced their market. They described it as a premium boutique experience. mm -hmm. The word boutique and premium, those words are saying expensive without saying expensive. Yeah. And and it's, it's closing because they couldn't sustain it. And then the people weren't coming back for enough. People weren't coming back for second visits and stuff. And it's just like, and the way I, you know, I understand people who loved it and it seemed cool Um, I also heard from people who got to go for free, multiple people who said they would never pay to go to it Uh, off the record. They said this. Yeah. Um, They didn't say it on the record. Yeah. And I just find it. I saw someone put it perfectly on Twitter. I forget who it was. It was just like a Twitter account that like it, it, you know, it's not a, uh, anyone of influence. It was just, someone had a great observation. They said, I would have loved it if they made this thing more like open world where I don't have to be at dinner at five for a show. I don't have to go to a line dancing thing. I don't have to do this at this time. I don't have to go to the galaxy's edge at this time. I can just walk around and do whatever I want and be in star Wars on this ship. Sean from Schmodan had retweeted that. He said, this is exactly what I wanted. That's just that. experience. So yeah. whoever tweeted the original tweet is who I'm talking about. Sean <laughs> yeah. did retweet that. Yeah. Sean yeah. Sullivan. So he brought that to my attention. So thank you, Sean. Um, but I just feel like, they didn't go all the way with this thing uh, and how they designed it. If you look at it, it looks like I said, when this first came out, it looks very 
easily convertible if it doesn't work out under the Star Wars brand and they could just turn it into a space hotel. I said this a long time ago and they might end up doing that if they don't demo the thing. But I, I didn't think this thing was going to last at all. And it didn't. And I, I knew that look at the economy. People are having a hard time. People are losing jobs. It's just, it's been a rough couple of years. I'm not going to sit here and blame the pandemic for it. The thing opened a year or two ago. Um, it's, it, it just, I think it was just a misfire and I, it doesn't mean people are like who loved it shouldn't have loved it. I'm glad that people loved it. Kendall Gellner, one of my favorite Star Wars fans in the world. Uh, he listens to our show. He supports us. Oh, he wore us. a whole High Republic outfit for he it. It was so cool. He had the time of his freaking life, and I'm so happy yeah. he did. I just didn't think like this thing would have would survive and it's not and i am bummed for the people who love it and who people who have trips booked and they're they're going back and all that i hope they get to go one more time i it's just i i think it was just a bit of a misfire and then what really ticked me off was when they used that book to promote it and they had han and leia go there and it made me like think of like luke like out there now that it's canon that halcyon thing i don't know how they're gonna like write it out but i could picture luke being like well, I'm sure Han and Leia weren't on that thing when it blew up. <laughs> it's like the reverse of Return of the Jedi. But it's oh it's gosh. just the whole thing like put a bad taste in my mouth. It was way overpriced and and normal people who love Star Wars would have no shot to go to to reasonably go to that thing for a two night stay in a crammed mm-hmm. little jail cell. And I, I I I don't know. I'm I'm my my quick thing is just I was totally with Lacey. I thought obviously overpriced. But what they could have done was just lower it and lower it and lower it until they reach that point and uh, that they meet the people are coming and we're getting regular people. It's still expensive, but we're getting enough people to fill the voyages each time. And then that's the price. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand there's probably more to it where they go, well, if we lower the tickets to that price, then that's not enough money to justify how much we're spending for the actors and the, the food, you know what I mean? And all the other stuff. Um, to to keep the man to manage the facility or whatever. So there's probably some sort of like they messed up when they first built it because they were expecting this price point to be their like 50 points or whatever, you know, on, on, on their markup or whatever. So they can't drop below or else it just doesn't make sense. And we should be utilizing our money and assets towards other things. Anyway, all that being said, I thought they were going to lower the price and we would, you know, eventually get to go. I'm surprised that John ended up being right on this, that it didn't, it just didn't, didn't end up happening. Um, and they just are going to shut down the thing or turn it into something else. I could that see them turning into like, char- yeah, I could see them turning into like a character dining situation or meet and greet area. But I think a big piece of this too, which we talked about when it opened was, you know, obviously this opened with Chapek, not with Iger. Um, I don't know how involved Iger was before he left with it. You know, these things are years in the making when before they even announce them. So um, the thing that was a little bit of dis- disappointing to me about this one in particular is a couple of the things that they have there, they were supposed to have in Galaxy's Edge and they basically put, put it behind a paywall, which was like the Kylo Ray fight. That was the- my other point. Yeah. The, yeah, the roaming droids, the creatures that are dressed up in full makeup and stuff. 
I'm hoping that from this situation, which they already said that a lot of the cast members are already going to be placed elsewhere. I'm really hoping they're going to take those elements and bring them into Galaxy's Edge and make it more of an immersive thing where you have people walking around. You bring back the Ray Kylo fight so that people can watch it um, yeah. because they did all this work and they have that cool extending lightsaber, which is still very cool to watch open. But then you clearly yeah. see her put it down for a different lightsaber. So yeah. Um, I would love to see that stuff go more back into the parks, which was initially promised when they opened Galaxy's Edge, and then they took mm -hmm. that stuff away. <clears throat> or, or like I, if, they don't, if, if they don't make it, you know, space voyage and 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 not with the Star Wars branding, and they drop the price, make it a Star Wars themed hotel, just like the Pop Resort or this resort at Disney, and price it just like those, and just make it a Star Wars themed hotel. It doesn't have to be canon. Not everything has to be canon. Right, we know right. we're in a theme park. I know I'm in a hotel. You put me in the back of a U-Haul truck to take me to Galaxy's Edge. I know I am not actually in Star Wars. It doesn't matter how many drugs I get to possibly take. I understand I'm at a theme park. It doesn't have to be canon. Make it a Star Wars themed hotel. Make it look like the Cantina. Make it look like the Death Star. Just drop the price. Let, let me stay in that hotel. Or if I want, I'll go stay in the Pop Resort or all the other themed resorts that they have based on other movies. And, and then away you go. Because uh, yeah, it, it'd be pointless to destroy it. They can still use it for something. There it's are just, a couple it, things work. That, that make me think like they could do that. They could like dock the Halcyon so you could go visit. You know, it could be part of the park or something. You could go visit it. You could walk around it. You could participate mm -hmm. in a couple of things and it just becomes like a free thing. But you're just like, you, you know, you're wasting your day at Walt Disney World if you hang out there all day, you know. Or it could whatever. be more like, like a launch bay type scenario where you go in exactly. and have other stuff yeah. there. But the other thing that I was going to say about the canon, and I'll do this really quick because I want to get to sure. other questions. But like, I didn't like... I didn't like that the stuff that they were doing with it was canon because if, and I use Toy Story as the example, but like if this were a Toy Story themed hotel, you wouldn't be able to say that part of like this hotel is Toy Story 5. That's the story. And you only get Toy Story 5 if you go to this hotel. And then the next movie after that is Toy Story 6. And you missed out on 5 if you didn't pay to go to the hotel. That's how I felt. And like, but it, but, but Toy Story is not like that. So if they did a Toy Story themed hotel, I, I agree with Disney having luxury events. If they want to have like a $5,000 dinner with uh, Sleeping Beauty, you know, and you get to sit and you can ask her questions, you know, whatever. Like that's fine because it's not part of the story. But the one property, no, I don't want to say the one property, but the biggest property they have is this thing that where all the events are canon. So they put part of the story behind this ridiculous paywall and just said, if you can't afford it, sorry, you don't get it. And it's not the same as just getting to meet Chewbacca. It's like Chewbacca went on a crazy adventure and you'll never know. We're never going to tell you. You'll never going to yeah. get to experience it. I, I thought that was just frustrating. Yeah. yeah. It shouldn't have been like that. As a cool kind of behind the scenes thing, my day job has to do with like construction. And I saw this the other day on social media as a company that I guess we've worked with before. And they called the Star Cruiser Project H was its code name. And they said that they put they put 5,700 square feet of terrazzo tile with brass inlay into the floors. So I could imagine they're probably not going to demolish this thing. I think they're going to take it and do something with it. They're not going to just get I, yeah, rid of it. They've spent a I, lot of money on it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But like you said, John, you know, pretty early on, you had said this, that it 
has a look to it that kind of, to me at first, felt very Crimson Dawn more than anything else. But um, I could see them turning it into a character dining, character meetup, photo op, you know, go tour it type thing, um, or just a regular hotel. But if they're going to make it a regular hotel, they have to add some amenities. They have to add a pool. They have to add a fitness center because those things aren't in there. So mm. we'll see, though. But thank you, Brad, for the question. I know you didn't really ask about it, but you asked what up. And that's what's <laughs> yeah, what up. What up. That's what up. <laughs> that is what's up right now. Yeah. Uh, up next is Blue Jedi. What up? He says, what up? Uh, ask the Resistance. Uh, you're a captain of a Star Wars ship. You need to pick a Jedi, a droid, and a creature alien as your crew. Who are you going for? John, I'm going to have you go first. Uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, because he breaks the rules and he's awesome. Uh, R2-D2 because he is one of the ultimate heroes in Star Wars and he's afraid of he fears nobody uh, and creature I'm going to go Chewie because who's more loyal and has your back than Chewie there you go James uh, I'll go Luke as my Jedi uh, I'll go BB-8 as the droid creature alien that's tough uh, there's so many things one I want to say. I'll just I'll just double down on John's and go Chewy as well. That's I, so funny because that was almost my choice, James. I'm trying to think if I should choose a different Jedi just so we're not all the same. I I, well, the reason I doubled down on John's is because I figured I was I was taking your Luke too. You were going to say the same, so oh, it's okay. Anyway. So for the sake of choosing someone different, I will choose uh, Ray as my Jedi. Uh, I'm going to still choose BB-8 as my droid because I always choose BB-8. Mm-hmm. And Creature, I'm going to choose Babu Frick because he could fix stuff. And like he'd still be cool to like give a little attitude if he needs to, but then can like crawl into the different things in the ship like Grogu and fix them without having to explain to a baby how to fix it. He could mm-hmm. just be like, hey, go fix this thing. <laughs> um, but that's a great question. Thanks for that question. I appreciate it. Yeah. So Miles is up. Hey, Miles, how's it going? I know you tune in a lot, like every week. It's awesome to see you again. Uh, He says, hi, Trio. Should we expect any news on Star Wars Ubisoft game next month at Ubisoft Forward? This is a great question. I mean, they did hint that they were going to have a big year this year, and we have yet to hear about it. So they're supposedly doing a Star Wars open world game, which is very cool. I'm all about that. The story mode stuff is great, but I really like more of the exploring aspect. So what do you guys think? I I think we will. Yeah, because I I tried to, you know, look this up as much as I could. As far as I understand it, video game writers are not part of the WGA or they're not beholden to that. Uh, So I don't know how much uh, solidarity there is between them and TV and movie writers. Uh, and if there are delays with other aspects of Star Wars, I think there might be a push from Disney and Lucasfilm to say, like, you know, can you guys get us an update on this game? We need something, you know. Mm-hmm. We need a little mm-hmm. bit of a life raft right now while we coast. So uh, I think I think we will. And I, I'm actually very interested in the idea of this open world game because like I was just saying about that, you know, the Star, Galactic Star Cruiser, I like the idea that you can go wherever you want to go. And that that's the, old, the, the most Star Wars thing ever is this galaxy far, far away. It's this vast thing yeah, that you can go anywhere ship, you want. Anywhere. Yeah. There should be a video game where you can do that. And so I'm, I, I'm very down with this. James, what do you, what do you think? Do you think we're going to get an update on that? Um, I think you're right that the last thing we heard from Ubisoft was that they were 
they were excited about Star big Wars year. this year. Big year. Yeah, yeah big, big year, year. Something, something along those lines. So I think you're, you're probably right that we could get something. Um, I don't know necessarily about Ubisoft Forward or anything like that. Well, but three, so. Yeah. yeah. Next month at Ubisoft Forward. Is, Ubisoft Forward is is the name of their, their, their own event. event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if that would be the place or if it would be somewhere else, but probably at some point this year. I think the the biggest question for me, what I just don't understand about video games sometimes, is like what their release schedules and their announcements look like because it felt like Jedi Survivor was like, um, we are going to make that game, yes, and it comes out next Tuesday. Like it was like that fast. <laughs> Everything was like boom, Jedi Survivor. Here it is. And then on the other spectrum of that, you got uh, Eclipse, and they're like, "We made this amazing video." And they released the trailer. Yeah. Twenty twenty eight, and it's like, really, twenty twenty eight? That's that's the timeline you're thinking. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? You know, like mm-hmm. so. I just don't. I sometimes can't wrap my head around what it takes to make these games and what their marketing schedules look like. But, right. um, but yeah, this, this is a thing. This was announced and yeah, let's get excited about it. Awesome. Thanks miles. Uh, next up, we have a super chat from Luke. Hey Luke, count Pepto himself. He said, what would there be if you could redesign galaxy's edge into any star Wars movie location of your choice? What would it be? James? Man. Jeez. I have one. If you um, want me to go first. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I would do um, Maz Kanata's castle. Like with the greenery and the lake and like you get to go in and it's this whole castle and like upstairs is a restaurant and then downstairs you go down oh. the stairs and like down a hallway and then it's like a ride. I think that would be like cool. And then maybe you go to like another part of the park and it like transforms through a gate into like Nima outpost or something where you have all these shops and Stuff like that. That's cool. Or Kajimi. Kajimi would be cool too. Cause they have in Harry Potter, obviously they have snow on the buildings and stuff and they could do snow yeah. in the winter. So yeah. then Kajimi might actually be even cooler. I think than Nima outpost where you go from Maz Kanata's castle to Kajimi. That'd be really cool. What do you think James? Um, honestly, I think I might go Coruscant. I don't know Ooh, how exactly. I was, how, yeah, I was thinking. I don't know this. how you'd pull it off, but you know, I I would think like if they're if they're saying James, you get to pull the trigger on this. We're gonna de- demol it, demolish it, and then we're gonna rebuild it exactly how you think would make the best money or something. I would probably go for something original trilogy, but I'm like, ah, but Tatooine and stuff. It get I feel like it gets just kind of strange. What you really want out of something like this is the ability to have restaurants and shops and stuff like that in these facilities. And I go Tatooine, Hoth, a cloud city, maybe, you know, like that, that could be cool. But like indoor, like none of it made any sense. So I was like, well, let's just go prequels. And I'm like, the, the number one thing there has got to be Coruscant. And I think that's probably the most memorable as far as like, we're building a theme park and it's Coruscant. And I think people would be like, that's cool. You know, you can put, um, yeah, you can do the Senate, the Jedi temple, Palpatine's headquarters. You can do a lot there. <laughs> John yeah, really wants to sit on Palpatine's throne. He always brings this up about Disney parks. I mean, the, like his little like hideout space was like pretty legit. Cause it's like, that's <laughs> where I want to go sometimes when my kids annoy the bejesus out of me. Although go, like, the outskirts of Coruscant, get away from them. <laughs> Although what would be as John said in the comments, free town, free town, free town. It would be cool if they did the inside of the Death Star 
Like if you walked mm-hmm. in, that the would be awesome. Yeah. It's, it's however they design it. It's just a part of the death star. We never saw. And it's like, sort of like a mall. Cause it's like a moon. So it's obviously it would have living spaces and people would need to have their like, to some degree, like off. I don't know. Maybe the empire is not like that. I'm going to go with, I, I was going to say cloud city as a specific location on Bespin. Yeah because of the carbon chamber room is the most beautiful set in my opinion in star Wars. It's just the lighting, the fog, the, the stairs, like everything about that. I think Dagobah's the coolest. And you could have your casinos and your partiers and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But, but I, death star two for one specific location would be cool because then you you do get emperors, the whole throne room where Vader and Luke fight on the top of that tower, but you could also do other death star hallway stuff. You can do the reactor room. You can do that room where Vader and uh, Palpatine arrive with all the stormtroopers, sort of like how the rise of the resistance is. Uh, that could be pretty cool. So there's here's I, something I kinda, I've never thought about before. Well, I bet, I bet, um, I bet the emperor's throne room existed on the first death star. We just never saw it. Because that point. was probably the intention. It's like, yeah, I built this thing. I built my throne room and all that other stuff. And then it's like, they blew it up. So he's like, well, when we build the other one, put that thing back in there, you know? Yeah, that's a good call. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Put that thing yeah. back where it came from. So help me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the second throne room. The first one had this weird cave ambiance. <laughs> no. Yeah. All right, and that's what I think we're was. getting down to the end of our <clears throat> questions here, but we do have Angry Magma. What up? He oh, says, and real quick, it- Lacey, yes. real quick, if you don't mind. For anyone who's a patron of TRB, we're, do- we're going right from this to our live Q&A on Patreon where you can ask us literally anything. So it's not even Star Wars. You can ask us literally anything about anything. So mm-hmm. if you are a patron and you're, you're not exhausted yet, head over there <laughs> in a bit. We'll meet you over there. Uh, and if you aren't a patron and you've been thinking about it, it's a good time. Our Q&As are, are good stuff. So patreon.com slash resistance. A lot of mumbo jumbo this episode. Uh, yeah. Angry Magma's up. Angry Magma. So he says, is it possible Luke Skywalker appears in Ahsoka? James, what do you think? Possible? Yes. Likely? I don't know. Not so much. I don't think they're going to use him in Ahsoka because I think there's a lot going on from what we've seen in the trailer and I think they're going to keep it to her story and like moving forward after she met Luke rather than going back like my question would be like why would she go back to Luke I don't think she would she'd probably try to keep him out of it so that he doesn't get pulled back in and plus then you don't have the situation kind of the streams crossing if you will of her tale of finding Thrawn and all this stuff and then Luke's over here doing the Jedi temple and whatnot. And it's like, I, I, don't know. I can't well, imagine if he gets involved, it's his story too now. And it's like, I right. just don't think they want to go that right. They want, they want it to be a Soka story, John. Yeah. I would love to see a live action reunion to give Ahsoka that closure. I think because of this whole movie announcement with Filoni, all the speculation I've been trying to do on how these series are going to go is out the window because I think everything's going to have its closure and finality in that movie. And I think they're going to save that big moment where Anakin uh, speaks with Luke. Um, Obviously, he sees him at the end of Return of the Jedi, of course. 
Um, but he's going to have some sort of moment and scene together, maybe even with Ahsoka in that movie. So mo- so all audiences get the chance to see it. Plus, you get to put more budget into Luke to make him mm-hmm. look even better. Um, so I think they're going to show us Anakin in Ahsoka. They showed us Luke in Book of Boba Fett with Ahsoka. They sort of, you know, they don't, they just miss each other. I think they're going to save it for the movie and we're going to see uh, Anakin and Luke with, and Ahsoka in, in the movie together. That's I think perfect. that's a good answer. That <laughs> sounds <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> sounds it sounds to too, ex- it almost sounds too exciting so that like now that that is out there, that thought, it's like what we actually get will be disappointing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's going to be called Heir to the Empire. <laughs> it will be. Angry Magma replies with good answer, Leon. Makes sense. Ah, then, well, thanks for the question, man. Uh, that's the, that's what's so cool about these Ask the Resistance, especially the live ones. Like, we, we don't prepare for these. So when we get the questions, like, we get to bounce ideas off of you in the chat. You bounce them back to us. And look at the tangents we went on on this episode. We This episode right. flew by because of that. So thanks to everybody for sending in the questions. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's pretty much it. I think those are all the questions we have if we want to wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, so thank you to everybody who joined us live or anybody who's watching or listening. Uh, thank you so much for being part of TRB. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Uh, we covered a lot in a short amount of time. So we hope you uh, enjoyed uh, what we were able to tackle. Uh, if we weren't able to answer your question, save it if, if, you, if you dig it and bring it to the next one. Or, you know, send it to us on Twitter uh, at TRB Podcasts uh, with the hashtag and we'll get it into a future show, whether that's live or not. But just thank you to everybody for, for making us a, a part of your, your weeks. Uh, we're two episodes every week. And uh, the fact that you listen and watch us means a great deal to us. There's a lot of podcasts to choose from. And if you choose us, uh, we thank you. It really means a lot to us. And we don't take that for granted. Um, uh, and we, you know, we were talking about Patreon. I got to give a special thank you to our generals and spice runners and all of our patrons. But uh, a shout out to our generals and spice runners: uh, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande. Saw him in the chat. Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Aaron Ellington, Micah Harrison, Colin Cormier, Has Aslam, Jolton, Jedi DiMaggio, who I believe revealed himself as Tommy. Uh, and Diana <laughs> and our spice runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, David Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry and all of our patrons and everyone who just supports TRB in any way you do. Thank you. A uh, reminder Tuesday, make solo Two happen day. If you love solo the way we do and you want to root for it to continue the way everyone involved with the movie and all the fans who love it do just use the hashtag make solo Two happen on your social media all day. That's all you got to do. Let's have some fun. Let's get it trending. Let's keep it in the eyes and ears of Lucasfilm, especially the higher-ups, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully we see Alden and Jonas back together as Han and Chewie one day in live action. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, and um, I have a movie podcast called Just Like the Movies. We're doing Iron Man next. It should be out uh, early next week. Uh, James, how about you? Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. Lacey. Um, before I say that, if everyone could just take a second, if you're watching or listening later or watching later to just like this episode and share it on social media and let us know what you thought, what your favorite part was. Um, we really appreciate it. And when you share the episodes, it lets us know not only how we're doing, but lets other people find us too. And we're trying to grow the Mm -hmm. community. We really appreciate it. 
Um, also, obviously, make Solo 2 happen day. John just said it, but please yes. join us. It's going to be a fun day. It's just Tuesday. about celebrating Solo. That's all we're trying to do here. <laughs> we just want to yeah. see more Solo. Um, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin and also on TikTok at It's Lacey Gillerin, where I just talk about Star Wars. Yep. And last but not least, if you do subscribe to us on audio platforms, rate us over there. We're getting closer to 500 ratings on Spotify. I think we're about 25 away or so. That'd be a cool milestone to hit too. And uh, like Lacey and James were saying, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We did just recently pass 2,000 subscribers. Uh, I know it's not a big game on YouTube, but we're doing our best. You know, our most of our audience is audio, but we're trying to build mm-hmm. up our uh, video platform as well. I mean, I, sh- I, you know, I shave for a reason, folks. And I put the hat on so you don't see that craziness too. So, oh my uh, God. but thank you, everybody. Jump scare. Be- you got to warn us. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome uh, i do want to say danny just chimed oh, in and said his son franklin's birthday's today oh he turns happy on the 24th birthday. happy early birthday franklin and we'll remember mm-hmm. to also wish you a happy 10th birthday on the franklin 24th. happy 10th birthday next week now danny you have to give him a present early those are the rules i don't I write know them. i'm so sorry yeah. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> do it well. you gotta get frank you gotta go give franklin a gift happy birthday and uh, to anyone else who has a birthday this coming week, happy birthday from us. Uh, if you don't get one from Mark Hamill, like Eric Whiteley did. Wow. All Mark right, everybody. Mark Hamill told me he loved me on Twitter, so I win. Mark Hamill has no idea I exist. Uh, everyone have a <laughs> wonderful weekend, and we will be back with you Monday morning. We're going to talk a little bit about Han Solo. And we'll see you next time with another episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids. <laughs>